Hi, and welcome to the Labari Media Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph. And on today's show, we have Nalina from Newcomer. So Newcomer is a platform for African creatives. They recently raised money in the UK and are planning to expand to other countries as well and to improve the platform. So on today's show, we talked about the creator economy in Africa. We talked about, you know, what are the trends currently with creatives and what is the creator economy and how can creators leverage monetization options to help increase their base, their reach and everything else. It was a very interesting conversation and I think you'll like it. Enjoy. So on today's show, we have Natalie from Newcomer. Hi, Natalie. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And how are you? I am doing very well. So today, I wanted to bring you on to discuss, basically, want to talk about your company, Newcomer, and also just to discuss the creator economy in general in Ghana, and maybe even across Africa as well. So um, before we get into the questions, wanted to know more about Newcomer. Can you just give a brief about what Newcomer is? Yeah, of course. So Newcomer is a social media platform for African and Black creators all over the world to share their work, find jobs, and very soon they'll be able to find events on Newcomer as well. So we're an ecosystem that gives creators everything that they need to thrive and everyone else what they need to find them. Okay, so people throw the word creator economy around a lot like what would you say or how would you describe what the creator economy is right so i guess even even before going to the creator economy in 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 itself i guess it's also worth defining what creativity is in general because i do find that a lot of creative people um don't necessarily see themselves as creative and for that reason they end up either missing out on certain opportunities or um, missing out on certain networks and experiences that they might have had if they did understand the essence of creativity. And for me, creativity is any translation of what lives in your brain to the outside world. And that can literally exist as anything. And, and, And that's what people define as your creative mediums like photography, writing, um, visual arts, videography, music, even tattoo artists, etc. To me, it's any it's it's any form of what exists in your mind of your current interpretation of the world. And of course, people can do that either um, professionally or just doing that as a hobby. I think only up until recently, the arts have generally been perceived as something that isn't sustainable. It's something that. Um, parents might not necessarily encourage their children to go into because it's not it's not deemed as something that you can make a living off of and when you um move into defining the creator economy in itself once again i I think i think that definition changes based on where you are i would say like across the west is definitely um objectively more structured in terms of even having unions and systems and structures in place that um give them the current media penetration that that 
that they have globally. It's not to say that that doesn't exist on the continent, but it's also no secret that um, we, we've had to depend on a lot of international institutions to have that same credibility, to have that same extension, to have that same um, economic structure that defines who we are as people, but then also how people interact with us as a as a as a result. So for me, the for me the creator economy is any translation of your creativity that people find valuable enough to actually have some level of um, monetization attached to that. But then I'll say locally on on the continents, there's 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 definitely more informal structures of what that economy looks like so it's not to say that doesn't exist it's just that as 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 with a lot of other facets of um african sectors the documentation and the definition of what these structures look like are um are harder are harder to trace than others okay okay so okay so what was the i guess what was the inspiration to create new comedy? Like, what did you see as far as, you know, what's happening in the creative space for you to decide to build your platform? Yeah, so I met I met my co-founder, Nigel, in high school. I mean, even even before we went to SOS, we went to SOS in Ghana. And even before going to SOS, we had a lot of mutual friends in lower secondary school. So we kind of knew each other as, as the as the people who typically took the pictures at our friends' parties and stuff like that. So we had that common understanding of photography. And, Lon- and Nigel had done uh, a four-day course at the London School of Photography in 2012. I did mine in 2013. So that was another common reference point for us. And the reason why that course was so impactful was, although it was just four days, we have we had enough materials from that module to share with our classmates in SOS for an entire semester. And to us, it was like the accessibility that course gave us was something that wasn't typical for us in Ghana and even and even for people in London, because for, for those four or five days, it was four or five hundred pounds. And that's not an accessible price point for someone to learn the basics of photography. So we started talking about how we could build certain certain structures that were similar to that locally in Ghana and it was from a Pan-African point of view because SOS was a Pan-African high school so we had people from all over the continent in that boarding school and naturally we were living the Pan-African experience without it necessarily having to be um, tossed to us because it was natural just by being with other people who were from other um, African regions and that led us to start thinking of our problems from a continental point of view, not just from a Ghanaian point of view, because there were so many issues that we had as Ghanaians that our classmates from other African countries were experiencing as well. So for us, it wasn't necessarily limited to what our Ghanaian experience was. But at the point that we actually started um, looking into what Newcomer actually exists as was in 2017 when we started this documentary for Ghanaian creatives called The Quickest Project. And that was basically just documenting um, their successes, their challenges, what things look like for them in the future. And by then we had both moved to the UK for uni. So we had a natural detachment from um, creators back home in Ghana. So, so, so we wanted to keep tabs with 
other creatives in Ghana who were coming up, but then also in a way that helped us still understand what was what was going on. And in that first edition, we had people like Benoit Boating, um, La Mem Gang at, at their at their inception. Uh, we had Arama from Threaded Tribes on the second edition as well. Busy Dark, who's now a creative director and producer as well. There's so many people, even bishops. There are so many people who are thriving now that that we featured in um, in that documentary. And for the first edi- edition of that. The creative direction was basically mocking them up on popular magazine covers like um, Theta, Complex, Billboard, etc. to show that although they're just starting out in their careers, they don't look out of place in these spaces. And Lamem Gang, for instance, after after we mocked them up on a Complex um, cover in 2017, they ended up with a real Complex feature in 2020. So it just spoke to the power of manifestation and recognizing talent at that point and we wanted to expand to the rest of the continent but our pain point was because we don't live in these other regions it's hard to know who's upcoming so newcomer mm-hmm. just came up as a platform to aggregate all of um, african creative talent but then also across a diaspora in a way that makes it easy for everyone else to find us cool okay so cool so we've been featuring some creatives on your platform and everything what would you say is some of the biggest problems that creators currently have is it only a monetization problem or are there other issues that they're facing i think even even before like looking at the wider economic impact of like the creator economies it's it's even stuff like knowing that one can be creative in the first place right or 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 one can assume a particular creative role i'll I'll use myself as an as an example before i started working within an agency context in 2018 i was freelancing in design so what that meant was i'll pick up these design briefs i end up writing the copy myself doing everything myself assuming that that's what everything um a graphic designer should do. And then I entered an agency context and realized there are copywriters, there are entire departments dedicated to writing copy. And for me, I'd never thought about that existing until I had that exposure to that um, separation between the skill sets. So that's just one example. The other, the other is even things like email etiquette, um, knowing, knowing how to position yourselves for the right role, knowing how to sustain business um, relationships with your clients, even just um, basic people management, that there's, there's, that there's a lot of layers that, obvi- that obviously exist outside of Africa. But I think we um, tend to get the short end of the stick and everything else based on like several other um, factors. But I think even things like literacy rates, if you look at um, the digital divide as well, like as newcomer, um, exist now, especially in the digital context. You need to have a stable internet connection. You need to have access to like a laptop. You need to have access to a phone. Like there are, there are lots of layers within this that that people tend to take for granted that not everyone necessarily has, which is why we also go down the whole experiential side of things. So, so we have like these physical events that can still tap into these creative communities in a way that helps them improve on their skills and find the opportunities that they deserve in ways that they might not necessarily have access to online as well. So it's, it's definitely a bit of both. So, um, yeah, I think it's, 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 
it's the know-how, it's the training, it's the monetization, but then it's also the worldwide perception of Africa in general that ends up knocking onto um, the creative scene as well, because we haven't necessarily been positioned as a very strong continent. And it's, it's definitely the same for our um, creator economy. And then even when you look at the nuances between the diaspora and um, those who live locally on the on, on, on the continent. I think I think it's a nuance that a lot of people conveniently um, glance over because you have you have a lot of traction coming to or you have a lot of traffic coming coming to the continent based on the sudden realization that Africa's actually also have narratives to share. But then some some of these opportunities end up going to those in the diaspora instead of those locally on the continent. And even when the opportunities do go to those on the continent, they might not always necessarily be paid what they're worth for those jobs because people people view this talent pool as a competitive talent pool. So that's also another downside to things. So yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of perception, monetization, um, and also just general know-how. So it's, it's definitely those three three main things. Okay, so you mentioned like, you know, your platform is now accommodating creators and also trying to provide them with skills and community and everything else. Is there any plans in the future, for instance, to even think about the monetization aspect? Because one thing that creators always say is about getting paid because you can create the art, you can create whatever you're doing, but now it's about the getting paid aspect of it. Are you ever thinking of how your platform can actually leverage that you know, opportunity to get creators paid as well? Yeah, definitely. And I think I think the first the first stage of that is with our job spot feature where businesses can um advertise the current opportunities that that they have for our creatives. But then the build the build on top of that is um we've currently got an inquiry feature where people can um message creatives directly on newcomer if 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 they're interested in working on them. But but the second layer of that is um being able to book a creative directly on newcomer so and then being able to see that process from a to b so you found xyz creative on newcomer you send all the drafts all the communications via newcomer you get paid via newcomer and what that means is um the payment would sit in escrow and which which means both both parties are protect, protected and once everything has been signed off and then the creative is paid so that's definitely a format that we're adopting but what we want to try our best to avoid is um to jeopardize the pace of newcomer because of that i'll definitely say um if if, if we're looting our pace to existing platforms we're definitely going down a more linkedin pace compared to a tiktok instagram mm -hmm. pace and what i mean by that is um it's almost i mean it's it's not to say we're not we're not eventually going to be using any algorithms or anything but it's almost like now instagram punishes you for not posting for three four days right or tiktok demands so much traffic on your platform in order for you to have a certain level of validation and although um tiktok um tiktok's vanity metrics are more on views and instagram is more on followership we're trying to move away from both of these because the logic the logic is you might have 50,000 followers and might not be the best fit for this job but someone with 5,000 followers might be the best fit for the job and 
for a lot of people, especially in the influencer space, it's it's based on numbers, right? It's based on how many people you can get eyes on um, the work that you're mm -hmm. producing. But what that means is, is turning a lot of artists into content creators. And what, and what that means is they might actually share work before they're ready to share, but then they know they have to share something. And that, mm -hmm. and, and that ends up diluting the narrative that they're actually trying to share through their work. But then on the LinkedIn pace, you share when you're ready, <laughs> right? And you, you share when you think the work is done. You share you share when you think it's relevant for for for, for your audiences to actually know what's happening in your in your life. So we're trying to find the happy medium between between those two paces for our audiences. Yeah, you mentioned about you know creative works and what they have to share. I wanted to ask you about you know this new trend of what's happening with content, especially with you know new technology like AI and other things. Um, what do you think that that like AI can do for creators or even against creators? Because somebody can easily you know use AI to create content and then post it on their page and say this is what I created, but it's actually an AI copy of something. Like, yeah. where do you look at AI or other technology when it comes to content creation? So. I guess speaking speaking directly to newcomer, our our current um, use case for AI in, in in the near future is looking at how it could aid in um, the job sport feature, which means um, if you're writing role descriptions, for instance, you could use AI to support in those in those descriptions. The reason why we're taking our time with what AI means within the context of art in itself is because. It's still fairly new and that there's lots of regulatory structures that we don't personally think are there just yet. And the current sentiment in the arts community isn't one of safety when 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 AI is concerned currently. And although um, you do have um, certain things like generative fill in Photoshop, for instance, which is practical and useful, um, there are other translations of art in AI that artists are actually veering away from. And with everything that we're building within Newcomer, we want to execute them in such a way that um, protects the protect, protects the views and the needs of, of, of our creatives. And I think AI is definitely a very um, tricky space at at the moment, because it's it's definitely still in it's definitely still in development, and 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 we don't want to rush into something that we feel could jeopardize the essence of 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 the people that we're trying to protect in in, in the future as well. So so that's our current stance on AI. Okay, so basically, but do you think you maybe you add in like maybe AI creators, a section for AI creators on your platform? Oh yeah, I think I think that I think from the I think from the side of the creatives having autonomy over how they use and apply AI and share that on newcomer. I think that's slightly different to newcomer being the provider of those AI tools, especially within our consumer products that directly pertain to creatives. I think from from the business lens of things it can be taken from a more generic point of view, but I would say more so in the um, in the actual creation of art and where and where and where that data is initially stemmed from to generate said um, AI. I think I think I think that's where the 
gray area is 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 for us currently okay cool okay so you mentioned before about you know nowadays or beforehand creators like maybe in ghana and other african places when you say or tell your parents you want to be a creator they look at you kind of sideways um but i want to talk about what's the narrative in today's age is that narrative still there that if somebody wants to go into the creative field they're looked at sideways or has it changed now where they can we can see that creators are getting paid you know getting influence and stuff like that so is the narrative shifting or it, in Ghana especially, or is it still stuck in that whole, why are you going to the creative arts? Yeah, I think, I think, I think we've, we've, we've definitely made some leaps forward, especially in the last three to four years. But I would say from a, a wider societal scale, there's definitely still a lot more to be done because even, because even within the creative industry in itself, there are so many structures that, we are yet to put in place for us to say, okay, this is this is sustainable. This 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 is this is this is something that one can um, do for a living from from the onset, especially in relation to content creation, because a, a, a lot of a lot of creative careers now are tied to platforms, right? Because in in, in my head, like I see content creators and someone who works in advertising for instance they they, they they live in different worlds they 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 generally intersect in a lot of places and um in in in, in a lot of contexts but um what i mean by that is a content creator who makes all of their living from tiktok means they're essentially employed by tiktok right and there are so many um, things like even last year, was it this year? I can't remember. Um, that there was a point where the US was threatening to ban TikTok. And yeah, even yeah. last year, for a few months, it might have been 2021, all the years are matching up into one now. When um, the when the Nigerian government banned Twitter for months, mm-hmm. right? And, and, now, and now that we have all of these monetization features on Twitter, if someone was, um, making a living off of their earnings from Twitter and your government has banned the platform. Like you've, you've, you've lost, you've lost your source of income in a day. And although your talents remain the same, your skill sets remain the same, your, um, your, your output remains the same, that the place that was the primary channel of that revenue is controlled by a third party. And, and, and that's what makes content creation volatile in that sense so so also although we've made progress in um creating spaces for people to to thrive in creative spaces um it's 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 still worth just just being aware of of of, of what these placements mean even a few months ago twit um x was twitter right so it's it's very yeah. it's very volatile and i think for us we're just trying to create a neutral space where Regardless of if 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 your creative work is tied to another third party platform or not, you should still get access to opportunities that um, give you give you visibility of your skill sets, but then also gives you an opportunity to make money off of it. So I I do I do kind of understand like both ends of the situation and someone saying like, look, I know I can make money from this. Just give it might take time, but it will work out. And then the other side of people who might be more 
apprehensive towards towards the towards the route to creativity. But then our our main goal with everything is, if we have decided to um, move into into the creative space, we will do our best to give you what you need to thrive in it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I know that um, Newcomer is definitely focused on the community building aspect of things, you know, connecting, you know, potential employers and connecting creatives together. I want to talk about, you know, I think there's this stereotype, especially in Ghana with creators, that collaboration is lacking. Um, I wanted you to speak on that and how best, you know, your platform is kind of leveraging that collaboration or even trying to see how best to make it work for creators here maybe in other African countries? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll answer this question in two parts, both from our like digital platform, but then also from um, the physical events that we host. So I'll, I'll start with the latter. So I think even me, I mean, as, as much as I'm building like Newcomer, I'm, I, I still navigate through the industry as a creative myself. And I find that there are typically two kinds of, creative events one <laughs> those 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 are those that are curated just so people can say that they were there and then those that are actually created for people to foster actual relationships and yeah. um i'm definitely more uh i'll, I'll say i'm more of an ambivert but I'll, I'll, i'd also say i'm i'm just generally more empathetic to people who don't want to be the loudest person in the room, but then still want to be able to get something out of an event, right? I shouldn't, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to be, I, I shouldn't already have to know people in the room to be able to have a space to meet new people. And I think there are, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of spaces that lean more towards that. I think the creative industry in general or media in general is very mm -hmm. clicky and mm -hmm everything that we're trying to do is is to is to create safe spaces for people to come as they are and to meet new people which is why most of our events tend to be quite um collaborative in the, in the sense that we we give we give people the same thing to do just so at least if you don't have anything at all to talk about you can talk about what's right in front of you and that's and that's right. always um the the basis the basis of what someone needs to spark a conversation with someone. And then from the digital point of view, um, we haven't really, so like I said before, we haven't really focused on um, followership on on um, on newcomers. So everyone is kind of on the same level in the sense that you, you kind of have context on what the person does, but then that's all that you focus on because it's, it's not numbers that you see first when you visit the person's profile. But then also we're working on some features um, to properly give credit to whoever has worked on the project. I've worked on a few creative projects myself where the people who barely touched the project tend like tended to be the loudest people um, gaining said credit and credits and credits is currency in this industry. And mm -hmm. it's just um, it's just very frustrating to not be given credit where it's due because that's obviously how you you get you you get more jobs it's, it's very transactional in that sense yeah. and yeah. i'll definitely say within the context of ghana uh we did we did a bunch of market a bit a bunch of market research in 2020 and 
this involved talking to people from all over the continent from a creative context and the common thing was the same everyone felt like the industry was very transactional and collaboration wasn't always as genuine as it could be and um i can i can also understand from one side how that could be the place the how, how, how that could be the case because if you if you look at um what can i use as an example uh let's look at female rap african-american female rap over the last couple of decades right, right? before mm-hmm. i mean the 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 there's there's all <laughs> there's obviously always been more than one female rapper in existence at any given time but the mm-hmm. general narrative has has always been there can always that there, there can only be one right and what that means is everyone is fighting for that one primary spot and what that does is it introduces a lot of unnecessary tension a lot of unnecessary bickering and competition between people who could be working towards a common cause i mean it's still it's still the case today but it's definitely a lot more collaborative now and the reason why it's more collaborative is because the narrative of there can only be one is dying. So they're not necessarily living under that um, survival instinct as extensively as it was in say maybe 99 or 96. So these problems haven't been completely eradicated, but um, at least it's not, it's, not, it's not operating from the same point of urgency as it was before. And I feel like that example definitely spans across of different skill sets and regions locally on the continent and, and even across the diaspora. So I think once we, once we start moving to the narrative that there doesn't have to be just one person who, who is thriving in, in this space, then that opens up the opportunity for collaboration. But I personally feel collaboration should be happening regardless. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree on that. So I want to now jump to something that's a little more, um, I want to say complex, but just talking about policy and regulation. Um, I don't know, I think you may be aware about, you know, whether there are policies or maybe not policies in Ghana when it comes to creative and the creative industry. I know that government has been like kind of posturing and trying to say they're helping the creative industry, but from your standpoint, what do you think it's currently lacking when it comes to policy as far as boosting creativity or the creative arts in Ghana and maybe other African countries? Yeah, I think I think even I think you even before the conversation of policies, I think the layer the layer on top of that is do these bodies even exist <laughs> to be to be to be formulating these policies? And um, I think I think, I, I think I think in Ghana there's a Ministry of Tourism and Creative Arts. I think they have some policies. I'm not too sure, but yeah, I, I think mean, there's somebody set up. I mean, more so. I mean, more so from the perspective of if someone is just starting out in the industry, does 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 the bodies that exist from like a public sector point of view, which 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 would be the bodies that you're referring to, but then there's also the entry level bodies that i think lack the and and this is and this this i'm 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 not just speaking to ghana by the way i think i think it's even like here as well thus by here for those listening i i live in london for context i think there's there's a there's a general lack of 
a pipeline in the in the creative industry. And what what I mean by that is, if someone is saying they want to, I don't know, become a lawyer, for instance, or a doctor, the like the the purely traditional roles, you know, between your A and B, I have to get X degree, I have to pass X exam, I have to um, I have to be interviewed by X body before I can call myself a doctor or a lawyer. If if you if you apply the same thing to being a DJ, for instance, or a writer, the the beauty of the creative community, the beauty of the creative community is it's accessible in the sense that you, you don't have to go through all of those rigid processes to call yourself a DJ or a writer. But the down the downside of that is you don't necessarily have these supportive bodies for DJing, for instance, that 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 can properly usher you into those spaces. And as a result, if I'm having issues as a DJ, for instance, there's no supporting or there aren't as many supporting bodies to help me through through my case unless I go like directly to a lawyer, which is what I mean by we don't have a lot of um, extensive bodies behind some of these skill sets and or at least um, from like a from like an entry level point of view, and I think I can I well I can I can I can, I can speak directly to God because it's the one that I'm most familiar with, and although from 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 a from a governmental point of view, some some of these bodies exist. It's quite it's quite hard even getting visibility of them for collaboration. That 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 the, the, there's been so many um, stories I've seen on Twitter or, or X, whatever we're calling it these days, where there have been there have been clear opportunities for collaboration and intervention from the government and they just haven't taken those um opportunities. It's like when um oh what's his face? It's like when Spike Lee came to Ghana and he was complaining that he he was going out of his way to try and engage the uh the necessary bodies to make his stay as meaningful as possible to him in terms of connecting him with the right like filmmakers or whoever else it is in, in the industry to help bridge those gaps between um the states and ghana and he, he he just wasn't met with the appropriate connections and um and and pipelines that he needed to make his trip fruitful so well, I guess I've, I I I guess I've gone off on a tangent, but I think <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I feel like our I feel like our issue um, locally on the continent is more having having these bodies extensively doing what they're supposed to be doing, and then these policies that would then be put in place can actually be implemented because there's, there's one thing in there's one thing in having these policies drafted, documented, shared, etc. And then there's another thing in actually regulating them and 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 ensuring that they're actually enforced. And at least from my from my perspective, um, the A to B of that isn't as straightforward as it could be within a creative context. And sometimes we find that in other spaces there's there's over regulatory procedures in in spaces that shouldn't even exist in the first place. Like um uh uh oh I keep forgetting everyone's name. Like Anna. 
the person who um, didn't pass the bar because because yeah, her, exactly. yeah because of her social presence. Like I mean, it's 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 it's, it's obviously a debatable um, topic. So I'm so so I'm not going to go extensively into that. But then the point I'm trying to say is there are so many layers within that situation that shouldn't be existing in the first place. And the reason why that has managed to get to the level that it is, is because those legal bodies have a lot of power over the literal lawyers who are being initiated into that space. And you have so much focus on those areas and then next to none in, in a creative context. So it's like, we have, we have both, we have both mm-hmm. issues who are being over regulatory and then those who maybe aren't doing as much as they could so um yeah i think i think if the more the more the more that we formalize the creator economy in ghana and the rest of the continent the easier it will be to hold certain people accountable but the easier it will also be to hold ourselves accountable and a lot of the things that we're building within newcomer we're hoping to have to have those um, play play a role in formalizing some of these structures. Do you okay? A quick question: If mm-hmm. like maybe a government official reaches out to you and says, "Hey, we want to kind of you know create some policy to help with the creative industry," what, what would be the top three things you would say they should focus on? The first thing for even as you were saying, the the primary thing for me is um, our current curriculum in schools is very STEM focused. And what and, and what that means is, um, for instance, even me in high school, although we had a lot of opportunities to explore ourselves creatively, creatively and everything, if, if you weren't thriving in the traditional STEM side of things, it was it was still perceived that you 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 might be unlucky in life right and i feel if if i mean we, we already have arts within the curriculum but then i think there are more ways of introducing that extensively earlier in people's careers like i, I can't even say careers at, 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 at this point because they're still in school but especially in, in high schools i think i think i think there's definitely ways to introduce more policies that ensure that we are giving as much exposure to young people as possible to the opportunities within the creative um within within the creative space the second thing i'll say is policies surrounding what documentation looks like what i mean is um i know i know we've i know we've definitely invested quite a lot into like tourism in general in ghana but a quick a quick example of um where i feel uh we should be doing more of is i think they recently renovated the kwame nkrumah mausoleum right is is, is that where they recently mm-hmm. renovated yeah yep. so i think if, if we have more policies surrounding what's what's the documentation of our culture and history looks like and even even the, even the permissions surrounding how um people interact with these venues are people able to create content in 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 these spaces uh if someone wants to um create a documentary on another political figure who are the people that they need to ensure that they are um 
they are verifying their information from which bodies do they even get this information from for instance so i think that's that's also another space that i think would be interesting to explore documentation and history so the first is um our curriculum the second is uh documentation and history the third for me would be on um intellectual property actually sorry there's four so the third is uh, <laughs> intellectual property what does the what what does that actually look like within um a digital context as well because i think i think it's it's two it's two different things within an academic context i think it's it's it's, it's more straightforward to pull out certain things but um what does that look like in in a in a in a in a digital space who who are the people i go to who who are the um who are the people who can help me understand what these things mean in the first place and if i need to escalate these issues who who are the parties involved like i'm 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 i definitely know that most of these bodies already exist but i think it's definitely building on how how to make those resources accessible um to to to, to the average uh, creative because i think that's that's one thing in these bodies existing and another in them actually working in the same way for everyone because to, to do to do anything in ghana it's almost like you have to know someone to get it done in the way that the process already should be for everyone so that's so that's definitely um another thing and then the last thing is is tied to it's tied to tourism what what does everything that has happened in the last four years look like for creatives moving forward and how do we regulate these new narratives that are being formed of um of ghana and and the continent at large i think i, th I think there's definitely a lot of conversations I, can, I think it's kind of tied to the second point on documentation and history how do we regulate the events that we are hosting on an extensive point of view to ensure that we are one keeping keep, keep keeping the people locally on the continent employed we are paying them what they need to be paid to execute these events but then also ensuring that we are still bridging the gap between us and the diaspora as well so i'd say um it's those it's, it's those four things for me cool okay so we're just about to wrap up and i've got a couple of questions more just to wrap up so yeah. you recently announced um, that you had raised money for a new comma. Um, so I wanted to know what the future entails for Newcomer and what you got going forward. Uh, for instance, what are you using the money for and what do you look at like the creative economy? Like, what are you trying to do in the next steps or next few months or years? Yeah, so this this, this raise was um, a pre-seed raise which is with, SF, with SFC Capital. Most of this raise is or was, is was to, um, to make Nigel and myself uh, full-time um, and then to extensively build the rest of the app because up up until uh august of this year we only had the digital portfolios in the feed live and with this funding we've been able to ramp up our resources to actually get our revenue generating features live which is the jobs board and then within the next couple of months we'll have the events ticketing feature as well and hopefully by the end of the year we should have at least a v1 of our mobile app live so that's what so that's what this this round has has been for getting um a full mvp version of newcomer live 
just so we can start working towards a product market fit to just figure out what things look like for i think i, th I think there's several pockets for us to explore what what what, what newcomer means for creatives what newcomer means for businesses what newcomer means for creatives locally on the continent and what newcomer me means for people across the diaspora as well it's also given us the opportunity to produce larger scale events to engage our common communities um within here in London, uh, we've done some events in Accra, we've done some events in Nairobi, we have upcoming events in London, Nairobi, um, and Cape Town. So now we're so now we're able to basically build on what we've already been doing, but in more regions and on a much larger scale and, and frequency. So so that's what this race has been for, primarily. Cool. Okay. Well, one last question. So when you were in your career, when you're working at, I think you work at Ogilvy at one time, and then now you work in London at the moment. Did you ever see yourself starting a company like this to try to help creatives, or was it something that just kind of fell into your lap? Um. So, actually, that's 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 a that's a good question because within Newcomer, we actually have um, we actually already have in studio services. So outside of the jobs board and event ticketing events, et cetera, because I have a background in advertising, I've just dissolved all of those skill sets into newcomer as well. So we do we do work on like curating art exhibitions for other people. I still, even today, I've been doing some design work. Um, I, I do a bit of PR, um, video editing, et cetera. So I, I, I'll definitely say I'm, 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 keeping, <laughs> I'm keeping that advertising um media side um in me through newcomer so um yeah i I'll, I'll i'll definitely i'll definitely um put those two uh skill sets in, in in the same pocket within newcomer so newcomer the newcomer the digital platform newcomer the physical translation with events etc and then we've got the actual studio side of things as well awesome Okay, I think with that last question, I think we can leave it for there. Um, thank you, Natalie. Appreciate you for coming on. Thanks as well. Thanks for having me.